Mark Zuckerberg told The New Yorker the news source he definitely follows is TechMeme. So listen to the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast, the podcast anyone who's anyone in Silicon Valley listens to every day. In just 15 to 20 minutes, you get a rundown of what happened in the world of tech with all the headlines, context, commentaries, and tweets from all the biggest players. New episodes every day at 5 p.m. Eastern. Search your favorite podcast app for Ride Home and subscribe to the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast. Tired of spending hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Zenni offers thousands of affordable eyewear styles, starting at just $6.95. No ridiculous markups, no hassles, just quality, affordable eyewear delivered right to you. Visit Zenni today at zenni.com slash CNN. Good evening. By any account, the news breaking tonight is extraordinary. By any measure, the impact could be profound. New reporting that Rod Rosenstein once discussed recruiting cabinet members in an effort to remove President Trump from office under the 25th Amendment even reportedly discussing wearing a wire in conversations with the president. Now, the president is at a rally tonight in Springfield, Missouri. Will he say anything about it? Well, we'll be watching for that. More to the point, will he do something about it? Will he try to punish or fire Rod Rosenstein, who, as you know, oversees the Russia investigation? And if he does, what else could come unglued? The discussions between Rosenstein uh, had, were documented in memos authored by fired FBI Director Andrew McCabe, seen here on the left. Now, sources familiar with those memos have been talking to CNN and other news outlets. The story first broke in The New York Times. Times correspondent Adam Goldman joins me now by phone. So walk us through, Adam, your reporting about what you learned, what actually happened. Well, let me just start by saying, uh, you know, this story took months to report, okay? This wasn't a, uh, this wasn't a, a, timed, uh, <laughs> timed, a timed leak. Uh, we worked on this story for months, and we started gathering information and building a picture of these chaotic days at the Justice Department and FBI shortly after uh, James B. Comey was fired as FBI director on May 9, 2017. And so what we learned was on May 16th of 2017, uh, there was a meeting, and in that meeting, the, dep- the acting director of the FBI, Andrew McCabe, wrote in a memo that Rod had brought up the 25th Amendment. And, and he memorialized that in a memo. And then in a separate meeting, Rod had uh, raised the idea of, of wearing a wire in the White House. Our, our understanding of the events in the room where that Rod had raised the idea of, of wearing a wire or a secret listening device in the White House to expose this function. Um, so the two core facts of this story are Rod talked about wearing a wire in the White House, uh, and uh, in Andrew McCabe's memo, uh, he cites Rod bringing up the 25th Amendment. And, and in what context do you know the idea of a wire was, was brought up? Because there have been, uh, I, one of your sources describes the comments uh, about secretly recording the president as being sarcastic in, in nature, while others tell you he was completely serious. Yeah, I, there, there is certainly a... The White House, the Department of Justice has their version of the, the context. Our version from our reliable sources indicates that this was not a flippant comment. This was not sarcasm. And let me just reiterate something I said earlier on CNN, which was the reason it took me so long to get this story is the fear people had in me finding out this information. If it had simply just been Rod made a sarcastic joke, people wouldn't have been reluctant to tell me. 
people didn't want to tell me because the context surrounding the wire was deadly serious. At least they believed that. And, and they knew the potential impact this story might have. Yes, they certainly did. I want to read the statement that uh, Rosenstein put out in response to your reporting. He says, quote, the New York Times story is inaccurate and factually incorrect. I will not further comment on a story based on anonymous sources who are obviously biased against the department and are advancing their own personal agenda. But let me be clear about this. Based on my personal dealings with the president, there is no basis to invoke the 25th Amendment. I want to give you a chance to respond to that. And I I also just want to point out when he's saying there is there is no basis. He's talking in the present tense. He's not saying, I never thought there was a basis. Yeah, I, I, that was my read. I mean, I'm not going to parse Rod's statement. I think myself and other news outlets have all now, including CNN, recorded, have reported these basic facts that are not in dispute. And those two basic facts are, Rod raised the idea of wearing a wire, and the second basic fact is, in an Andrew McCabe memo that he wrote, and the special counsel has, Rod raised the idea of the 25th Amendment. Hmm. Uh, Adam Goldman, uh, great reporting, as you said, you've been working on it a long time. I appreciate it. Reaction now from Democratic Congressman Adam Schiff, ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee. I spoke to him earlier. Congressman, if, if this is true, if Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein did, in fact, talk about wearing a wire to record the president, is that appropriate? I mean, whether there was some sarcasm involved or not? Well, if it's sarcasm, if this was said in jest, uh, then that's uh, one thing. If this was said seriously, it's something completely different. Uh, but look, I think probably at any given time uh, during the course of the administration, a great many people have wondered whether this president was fit uh, for the office and whether they had to contemplate the extraordinary step of invoking this article, whether they came close to doing it, uh, whether they were deliberating about it when the president was in one of his most erratic uh, and dangerous uh, moods. Uh, it's very hard to say. The idea of a discussion about the idea of invoking the 25th Amendment, that is certainly a serious thing to, to bring up, especially for somebody uh, of, in his position. Has, I mean, do you, would, would you have any concerns if, if he did actually have discussions about that, regardless of the wire? Well, I would have concerns, certainly, if the president's conduct uh, rose to the level where you had top people at the Justice Department uh, or other cabinet officials who were openly discussing or ruminating or joking about whether they needed to pull the trigger on the 25th Amendment or whether they needed to start gathering evidence. Would the president be justified in firing Rosenstein? Uh, absolutely not. And we, had, we can't dismiss the possibility, maybe the probability, that this is being teed up uh, by the president's allies who want to get rid of Rod Rosenstein. And I think we have to look at this in the context of what's happened over the last week. Uh, And it begins uh, with an about face uh, in the Congress. Uh, For months and months, uh, the Democrats on the Intelligence Committee have been urging the release of the transcripts of the witnesses in the Russia investigation. Uh, And the Republicans refused. Uh, Mr. Nunes refused. Mr. Gowdy refused. Then all of the sudden, uh, the chairman goes on Fox and says, we want to release the transcripts. Now, what precipitated this? Was it the Manafort guilty plea? Uh, Did the Trump lawyers say, we want access to this? Uh, Because the very next day, the president himself issues this uh, injunction that he wants these classified documents released, a whole different set of classified documents. Um, 
this looks like a coordinated effort. For those who believe in, you know, that there's a deep state conspiracy against the president, doesn't this kind of fit into that, that idea? Well, it could fit into a completely different idea, and that is that the president is so unstable that lifetime career public servants um, who have worked in Democratic administrations and Republican administrations, many of whom who are Republicans like Rod Rosenstein, have to contemplate whether the constitutional provision applies uh, when the president is incapacitated. Uh, I mean, that uh, is alarming. For those that are ready to believe there's a deep state, uh, those kooky conspiracy theories, uh, certainly they will seize on this as they will seize on anything else. Uh, And it may be very well being pushed out there by people uh, who think that this is a useful way to defend the president. And if Rosenstein is fired, what then? What happens? What happens to the Mueller investigation? Well, if Rosenstein were to be fired, this would be another clear demonstration of obstruction of justice by the president. Uh, In the immediate aftermath... Uh, we'd have to consider, you know, what does that mean in terms of our system of checks and balances? What is the response of Congress? And probably most importantly, will there be any Republicans who are willing to defend the institutions of our government? Uh, Sadly, they have been very few in number. Uh, I would hope if there's any effort uh, to obstruct the investigation, like the firing of Rod Rosenstein, that Congress would pass a bill instating the independent counsel law that would protect Bob Mueller. Congressman Schiff, appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, Anderson. I want to continue this discussion, including how stunning just the fact of it all is and where this might lead. Serious implications. Some pundits even using the word constitutional crisis. Joining us, CNN political analyst Gloria Borger, David Gergen, Carl Bernstein, also CNN legal analyst John Dean. Gloria, I know you've been talking to to people. What are you hearing about about Rosenstein's uh, job security tonight? (laughs) Well, you know, you wouldn't bet on his job security. But then again, uh, for... Almost a year we've been talking about Rosenstein's uh, job security. Uh, the president has been tweeting about him. Uh, he stopped lately. He seems to be focused more on, on Jeff Sessions. Uh, I know that uh, Rosenstein is very important right now in the Mueller investigation. Don't forget, if the special counsel, he's the special counsel's boss. If the special counsel says, you know, I want to subpoena the president, he's got to go uh, to Rod Rosenstein and get permission to do that. Uh, I think the president's attorneys believe they have a decent relationship with Rod Rosenstein. I'm sure they would rather he not be fired and create this kind of crisis, particularly right now at the same time as you're going through the Kavanaugh hearings and the question about what happens with Judge Kavanaugh. But nobody can predict what Donald Trump is going to do. He's going to read this story and he's going to have to decide whether, A, he believes the New York Times which he normally doesn't believe, and B, whether he believes a memo written by Andrew McCabe, who has also been a focus of his ire, whom he doesn't believe. And if he does believe those two things, then he's going to be really angry at, uh, at Rod Rosenstein. Uh, he may ask him, uh, maybe Rosenstein will recuse himself from the investigation, maybe Sessions will fire him, or maybe the president will. David, it's interesting, because, I mean, this is not the first time we've heard uh, about officials talking about the 25th Amendment in right. that New York anonymous New York Times op-ed, uh, allegedly right. by a senior uh, official, uh, the senior official said that there were whispers uh, about that. Yeah, I, I think that the uh, the conversations about the 25th Amendment 
uh, are, are not big and damaging story. I don't think that's the big story. This, the story really is, was he serious about taking a wire in to wire the, and, and to listen secretly and tape the president of the United States? Uh, that's unheard of. Uh, there are those, who, of course, who argue, not at the New York Times, but other people have been you know, trying to catch up with the story, that he would be sarcastic. It sounds like he would be sarcastic in many ways. How, how I mean, it, bringing in a wire to try to capture disarray yes. seems like an odd thing. I mean, disarray seems to be like more of an ongoing thing. It's not necessarily something I would think you could immediately capture on a wire. I, I, I think that's right. I sort of assume that the wire was not only to capture, to capture the disarray, but apply, would apply to the 25th Amendment issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's, here's what he's like in real life right. behind the scenes. But I must tell you, if the facts bear out what Adam has been reporting, and he spent a whole month on it, that he was serious about wiring, going in with a wire, uh, then I think it's probably one of the dumbest mistake I've ever seen a public servant make. To get into conversations like that on sensitive points, it just invites attacks. Uh, And I do think we have to remember that he works at the pleasure of the president. That's the appointment. And if the president can no longer trust him, He's justified in asking that person to leave. Now, I think with Glory, I don't think he'll do it quickly. I, I think rather we're still looking at after the midterms. They don't want to upset the Kavanaugh business, obviously. But just as importantly, they, they don't want to have this in the middle of, a, of the campaign. Carl, is it appropriate for the deputy attorney general to be talking, whether it was a joke or not, uh, about surreptitiously recording the president of the United States? Well, if it's a joke, I think it's, it might be appropriate. Uh, I think we've got to look at a number of factors here, and, and one is that we are in a constitutional crisis. And part of that crisis is, uh, for instance, that uh, there ought to be committees of Congress to which uh, Mr. Rosenstein could explain what happened, what he said, uh, and there be a bipartisan committee of Congress uh, at, at which some facts could come out in an impartial way and we would learn the full story after the New York Times has broken this hugely important uh, piece of reporting. Unfortunately, there is no such committee because we are in a constitutional crisis where the co- Congress of the United States is totally dysfunctional. On top of that, we have a president of the United States uh, who is contemptuous of the rule of law, that one of the things that Mr. Rosenstein we know has been concerned about for months and months is that contempt for the rule of law, the president's lying, and now he joins a long list of people in this presidency who fear that the president of the United States is not fit to be the president, is a danger to the national security, does not understand what the proper use and function of the Justice Department is. So all of these things are converging, and they're converging at the time of a midterm election uh, in which the president uh, is going to throw all of this meat uh, to his base and see what, what can be chewed up to somehow keep a majority in Congress. But meanwhile, we have the spectacle of little confidence in uh, the President of the United States by those around him, little confidence in the Congress of the United States by almost anyone, and the one 
element of the system that's working, the press, the First Amendment, the fake news of the New York Times, as the president would have it, has broken this story. CNN has confirmed elements of it. All of the critics, the press is doing its job. It's the one element that's working here. Uh, I want to get to John Dean, but I got to take a quick break first, John, but we'll come back to you directly. Coming up next, the president has just weighed in on this, used a new word, stench. When describing the Justice Department, a live update on that next. And later, a new Senate deadline for the woman who says Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh sexually assaulted her. Details tonight. Tired of spending hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Our friends at Zenni Optical offer a huge variety of high-quality, stylish frames and state-of-the-art optics starting at just $6.95. You can get multiple frames with this great pricing for less than one pair elsewhere. Start building your eyewear wardrobe from the comfort of your own home at Zenni.com. With the latest trends in eyewear, available in hundreds of frame styles and materials, there isn't a better way to change it up for every season. Plus, Zenni offers prescription sunglasses at incredible prices. Visit Zenny today at zenny.com slash CNN. That's Z-E-N-N-I dot com slash CNN. Well, there's more breaking news on tonight's lead story on Rod Rosenstein and discussions he reportedly had about using the 25th Amendment to remove the president, the possibility of wearing a wire. President Trump has just reacted. CNN's Caitlin Collins joins us now from the rally where the president is speaking in Springfield, Missouri. So what did, uh, what did the president say? Anderson, it didn't take the president long to bring up the Justice Department, and he told the crowd, look what's being exposed, look what's happening over there. He didn't mention the Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein by name, but he said this instead. You've seen what's happened at the FBI. They're all gone. They're all gone. They're all gone. But there's a lingering stench, and we're going to get rid of that, too. Why should I make it sense? So, Anderson, Anderson, no mention of Rosenstein by name there, but you have to believe that's a thinly veiled reference to that stunning New York Times story that has pretty much left one question on everyone's mind. Will the president fire Rod Rosenstein because of this story? The president said that there, but there's still been no official formal response from the White House. And we'll wait to see if he says anything else while he's here in Springfield tonight. Anderson. All right, Caitlin Collins, thanks. Back with David Gergen, Gloria Borger, Carl Bernstein, and John Dean. John, the president's talking about a lingering stench. I don't know if that means people left behind lingering. Uh, What do you think it means for Rod Rosenstein? Do you see him being removed by the president? Well, it's hard to tell. Well, his stench, I can't, you know, he, he finds stenches lots of places. Uh, but I think with, with Rod Rosenstein and, and this leaked information about his behavior, uh, I don't think it's a fireable offense. I think he's going, you know, if you look at the sequence of when it happened particularly, this is at the time of the Comey firing. And he had been, they'd done a job on him. They'd, they'd lured him into writing a memo and said that was the, uh, that made that the pretext for firing Comey. Uh, he was under a lot of heat for, as a result of that. And he had a lot of reason to distrust the White House at that point. Uh, I, I, the other thing is, apparently he was present when some people went over there for interviews to be FBI director. And he was appalled at the president's uh, interview techniques. So, you know, who knows uh, what really goes on inside that White House? That might be why he was suggesting these. I certainly don't find them outrageous. And I've got to tell you, it's not unprecedented either. I was asked by the prosecutors to wear a wire, and I refused to do it. Why did you refuse? 
uh, because I think it's unfair. I think it's an unfair situation. Uh, same reason I didn't have a wire, you know, recording capability on my telephone, although a lot of people in the Nixon White House did. I think I think it's a pretty shady act. Gloria, I, you know, I guess the larger question is right now, is anyone safe at the Justice Department? Uh, Sessions clearly, I mean, has lost the president's confidence. Not sure mm-hmm. if he ever had it since he recused himself. Now the scrutiny on Rosenstein. I mean, if the president wants to, he could just clean house tonight or the day after the midterms. Right. And what about his new director of the FBI, Chris Ray? I mean, the president just came out and talked about the FBI and the, you know, the lingering stench over there. At some point, Chris Ray is going to have to come out and, and defend and defend his people and defend his department. So I don't think anybody is safe over there. I think it's a question of timing. It's very clear Sessions is going to be gone probably after the election. And I think the sort of the, the, the game right now inside the White House is to control the president and to try and say, look, don't do anything right now because we have this election coming up in 40 odd days. And we, we want to get the Kavanaugh nomination passed. We got to get him confirmed. This is really important to your base. So just sit tight if you possibly, possibly can. And we all know with Donald Trump that that may last a couple of days, but we just it, we, we just can't predict. Um, he, you know, he's going to Bedminster this weekend. The last time, if I recall, he was at Bedminster a while ago, and that was when he wrote a, a letter saying he was going to fire Jim Comey. So so who knows what will happen? I guess the other question, David, is then what impact would firing Rosenstein have? Well, I think the president would then be in a position to take action against Mueller. And I do think one of the things that Adam Schiff talks about is right. And that is this put, really puts pressure on the Democrats and try to get some Republican votes to, to build some sort of legal wall to protect the Mueller investigation. You know, the Republicans said, well, we obviously don't need it. This suggests quite the opposite. The day is coming when you really do need it. Let me just go back to one thing, if I might. Uh, I want to clarify one thing I said. I think just sitting around talking about, is the president fit for office under the 25th Amendment? I think that that's not a big deal. A lot of people are talking about it. We talk about it all the time here. What is, what is different is if you begin to say, maybe I'll take a wire, and I'd like to go over and talk to Kelly, General Kelly, Chief of Staff of the White House. Maybe I'll talk to Sessions, and maybe we can get a group up the plot, the downfall of the president of the United States, that's a big, serious matter. I think that's why this story is big, mm. is because of the combination of the wire and the idea of organizing a group. Carl, do you agree with that, that, that the involvement, you know, the, the mention of Kelly and Sessions? Yeah. I, again, I think we need to know more about the context. The time story is a big window onto something, and now is the time for more information. But we need to keep... The, the bigger picture in mind of Mueller, this is all about the Mueller investigation and the, and the absolute determination of the president of the United States to obstruct it, to demean it, to undermine it and shut it down. That's what he has told everyone around him he means to do. And this is his response and is part of it. And it is incumbent on the Congress of the United States to make sure that that does not happen. It is the other part of the system that is working. We have indictments. We have information pleaded to. We know that the president's personal lawyer is now trying to tell things to the special counsel. The president is in the crosshairs of an investigation and is acting like uh, someone who is trying to obstruct justice and keep the facts from becoming known. That's what a lot of this is about. 
John Dean, do you see at some point Congress wanting to question Rod Rosenstein about exactly what he said or didn't say? I noticed just before we went on the air a number of tweets, uh, one from a member of the House Judiciary Committee uh, asking that there be hearings where Rosenstein and everybody in the meeting, as well as the documents, uh, be brought forward so they could be seen. Anderson, another thing on what would happen if he did fire uh, Rosenstein to Mueller, the next person, the last time I looked, the next person who has a confirmed post in the rankings, of, in the seniority rankings of the leadership, is the Solicitor General. Yeah. Uh, and that's who would take charge of the investigation at that point. So here, Anderson, here's the important thing about Rod Rosenstein to keep in mind also, which is uh, right now there's a negotiations going on about the president testifying. And if Bob Mueller decides that he wants to subpoena the president, he has to go to Rod Rosenstein and get permission to do that, right. to subpoena the president. If Rod Rosenstein isn't there, if, say, the solicitor general is there, would he be more likely to get permission or less likely to get permission? Yeah. So that all factors into this as well. Yeah, Gloria, David Gergen, uh, John Dean, Carl Bernstein, thank you very much. We're going to dig deeper into the political dimensions of this next with the leading conservative, Rick Santorum, also Kirsten Powers, and Jeff Tubin join us as well. Remember, to create an ad like this one, visit purewinning.com CNN. Well, moments ago at a rally in Missouri, the president made an apparent veiled reference to the story out today about Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein talking about the Justice Department and FBI. He said, quote, there's a lingering stench and we're going to get rid of that, too. With me now is Kirsten Powers, uh, Senator Rick Santorum and Jeffrey Tubin. Uh, Senator Santorum, should the president get rid of Rod Rosenstein? Well, look, if if what is being reported is true, that he was actually trying to recruit people to uh, or say he was going to recruit people to remove the president uh, and that he offered to wear a wire again, not in jest or otherwise, but actually was serious about wearing a wire. uh, Those are pretty good grounds to remove anybody. I mean, that's that's not something that that's not a person that you want serving you at any level in government. So if that's the case, but I, I have some real serious doubts about about this story. This just doesn't this just doesn't sound right to me. So your doubts in, in was it that that it was sarcastic or it didn't happen or that it's yeah, but either. I mean, I, maybe part of it was sarcasm. Maybe part of it uh, maybe is a, a, a faulty memory or or a deliberate attempt potentially of someone to. Uh, to uh, stir things up here right before the election and get the president. Look, I think you have people in this town who believe that they can they can prod and poke the president to do things that he is uh, that he will react to uh, to things. And uh, so the idea that maybe someone would put some information out there, true or not true, to uh, to get the president to prod the president to act rashly uh, is not beyond the pale. Jeff, what do you think? About you, you know, what would be an unbelievable story about Donald Trump that he stays up nights reading briefing books. That would be a real <laughs> shock. This story is just consistent with everything else about him. I mean, I, you know, yes, it's an amazing story, but it's consistent with other people who talk about who, who talked about the Twenty Fifth Amendment. With other people who think this president is psychologically unfit to be president. So, you know, I again, my hats off to the New York Times for yet another great scoop. But it's not like this is some bolt from the blue that's uncharacteristic of this president. This is what a lot of people who deal with him think. Although the idea of the, you know, number two at the FBI wearing a wire uh, 
to tape the president. I mean, that's it's it's amazing. Justice Department. Just uh, but but uh, it, it is it is amazing. I, I think it's worth noting he did not wear a wire. I mean, so that suggests perhaps it was said in frustration in hyperbole. But the general idea, especially in May of last year, when the firing of James Comey was like a thunderbolt. I mean, this was something that has never been done in American history since you know the the laws change to have a controversial firing of an FBI director who has a 10-year term precisely to insulate himself from this sort of political pressure it was a shock and, and so the fact that um, Rosenstein thought that extreme measures might be justified seems you know, reasonable to me Kirsten Senator Santorum was, was talking about you know this could be people wanting to prod the president to act rashly there's a number of people on Fox News already tweeting and, and saying that the president should fire Rod Rosenstein right away. Right. But a lot of these people also have been saying this for a long time. So I think that they've been looking for you know, something that they could use as some sort of smoking gun for a reason to do it. And so I think, unfortunately, you know, if this story is true, it does give Donald Trump, I think, a rationale that would seem reasonable to most people if he decided to go ahead and get rid of him, even though this I think it would just be a rationale that they've been looking for for a long time. You know, I, and so th- there is a real question. Again, we don't know 100 percent that this this happened. But I, I agree with what Jeffrey is saying. It's, it's very consistent with other stories that we have heard in recent days, whether it's Bob Woodward or recent weeks, whether it's Bob Woodward's book or the anonymous piece that was in The New York Times talking about how people feel about the president. And so it's it's even more newsworthy that it's attached to a name and it's attached to such a senior person at the Department of Justice. Um, and uh, but at the same time, I think any president, if they heard that their you know deputy attorney general was behaving this way, probably would want to fire them. Uh, Rod Rosenstein has actually just put out a new statement because uh, a lot of people were kind of commenting about the nature of his former statement. It says, I never pursued or authorized recording the president and any suggestion that I have ever advocated for the removal of the president is absolutely false. Uh, that's the second statement. This one, I guess, clearing up, Jeff, you're... You know, I, I just, you know, this, what you learn in law school is how to obfuscate and write in impenetrable but technically true ways. You know, because in the initial statement, he said um, that there is no reason to invoke the 25th Amendment, which he does not. And, and yeah, as you pointed out, present tense. It, it's the present tense. And that revision does not address that present tense issue. The fact that he may have thought at one point that there was a reason to invoke the 25th Amendment. And that new statement you know, suggests he never advocated for uh, the removal of the president from office. But the mere fact that the deputy attorney general might have discussed, Jesus, is the president out of his mind? You know, is, is, that, I think, is in and of itself pretty remarkable, even if he didn't advocate for it. If, Jeff, I mean, if you were Donald Trump, would you want Rod Rosenstein working there? No, and I think he's gone. I, I mean, I think, I think the day after the election, if not, if not the hour after the polls close, both Sessions and Rosenstein are gone, and we will have an extraordinary fight over who the replacement is and whether that person can be confirmed, because that person or those people will be the people deciding Robert Mueller's fate. Senator Santorum, if you were still in Congress, would you want to get to the bottom of this? You know, your party has control. They could summon Rosenstein to the Hill right away. 
No, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's really necessary for the Congress to get involved in this. This is a matter between the president and, and, uh, and his number two man of justice. And, and looking at, listening to that, that, that second statement, I, I thought the first was weak. I'm not too sure the second was a whole lot of improvement. Uh, you know, hearing, hearing those denials not really uh, on point, as far as I can see, uh, are, is, not encur- is, is, is not encouraging me uh, as someone who has real serious concerns about the way this investigation has been handled. It's not encouraging me that he actually didn't contemplate that. He didn't say he didn't contemplate it. He didn't say that he, he may have said something about a wire. He just said he never, he never did anything. And that, that to me, uh, is, uh, is, as Jeffrey said, is, is writing a bulletproof statement that doesn't really get to the underlying question. Kirsten, when you hear the president tonight talking about a lingering stench, do you have any doubt that he's going to get rid of Rosenstein, whether it's sooner or later? It would be surprising that he didn't. But it's pretty interesting if you think about the fact that he's going to rely on a report by The New York Times, which, of course, everything else they report is a complete made up lie. So this goes back to the point. I mean, according to him, this goes back to the point that he'll do it because he's been looking for a reason to do it. And this could be what gives him, you know, I think, a, a good cover for doing something like this. Kirsten Powers, uh, Rick Santorum, Jeff Tupin, thanks very much. Coming up next, how one Kavanaugh supporter's attempt to point suspicion to a Kavanaugh lookalike blew up in his face. And the question, was he actually acting alone? I'm Andy Cass from March Madness 365, and on this edition of our show, I'll be joined by Syracuse's Tyus Battle. I've been just trying to improve all facets of my game, just being able to be more offensive, throwing the ball different ways, shooting the ball, I think that's improved, and uh, just my playmaking ability as well. Subscribe to March Madness 365 now at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Well, there's more breaking news tonight. A new deadline for Professor Christine uh, Blasey Ford to agree to terms of her testimony against Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley says if there's no agreement by 10 Eastern time tonight, which is uh, an hour and 20 minutes away, the, there will be a vote on the nomination on Monday. As this is unfolding, another part of the story has been unraveling, and it's important because, keep in mind, it could be all about a group of powerful but unaccountable people trying to spin you. The story concerns an alternative theory of the alleged sexual assault featuring an alternative suspect. It was floated by an attorney named Ed Whalen. His conservative connections in the Washington legal and political world run deep. He's, according to the Washington Post, part of the effort to secure Judge Kavanaugh's confirmation. Why he did what he did, how he did it, and on whose behalf, if any, are now key questions, which Democrats may ask Judge Kavanaugh next week. There's new reporting tonight in Politico that he did not do what he did on his own. Now, the story erupted last night after Whalen sent out a series of tweets, which he's since taken down. In them, he said that Professor Ford may have mistaken Brett Kavanaugh for a different classmate. Now, what's more, and this is one reason we're staying far away from those tweets, Whalen actually named that classmate whom he suggests may have sexually assaulted Professor Ford, who was 15 at the time. The man is now a middle school teacher. We're obviously not compounding any damage by giving out his name. However, the Washington Post contacted Professor Ford. She said, yes, she remembered that person, but no, he is not the one. She even recalled being friendly enough with that person that she once visited him in the hospital. By this morning, Whalen was apologizing for making, quote, an appalling and inexcusable mistake. Since then, questions have grown about whether this was all part of a coordinated campaign, one to obviously take the spotlight off Judge Kavanaugh and put it on someone else. That's because of, of how this all seemed to come together in the pro-Kavanaugh bias, biosphere. Watch what Judiciary Committee uh, member Orrin Hatch said on Monday. He wasn't at the party. So, you know, there's clearly somebody's mixed up. I think she's mistaken. I think she's, 
she's mistaken something and but I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know her. So there he is saying someone's mixed up. I think she's mistaken something. Now, the comments got some attention, but at the time there was no massive significance to them. A lot of lawmakers were talking about the allegations. Fast forward to Wednesday when Ed Whelan, the uh, lawyer, and others began dropping more uh, hints that more along the lines of what Senator Hatch said was coming. Whelan tweeted, quote, a horrific incident similar to the one the accuser alleges may well have occurred. But if so, she's got the wrong guy. Kavanaugh wasn't present as this uh, and much more will confirm. Matt Whitlock, a staffer for Orrin Hatch, also tweeted in the run-up to this to, quote, keep an eye on Ed's tweets in the next few days. Then yesterday, uh, Whalen let loose, laying out his doppelganger theory. And this morning, right on cue, Fox and Friends rolled it out to their audience. He looked at what uh, Christine Ford told the Washington Post and figured out, okay, these people were named, these four people, where did they live? And looked at what she had said and figured out what house it may have happened at because it was the house closest to the golf course. And then realized whose house it was and looked at a picture of the young man who lived there at the time, who was a classmate of Mr. Kavanaugh's, put up side-by-side images. They look a lot alike. Uh, again, today, Whelan took down the tweets, apologized. Then late today, another twist, Politico, citing three sources, reported that an outfit called CR, uh, CRC Public Relations advised him on how to hype the theory. Politico also reporting that Judge Kavanaugh was not, not aware of what his friend Ed was doing on his own behalf. Less clear, though, in any of the reporting is whether or not uh, Mr. Whelan coordinated with the White House or Judiciary Committee. According to the Washington Post, Kavanaugh and his allies, unspecified allies, have privately discussed mounting defense along the lines of the Whalen tweets, namely one that would not question whether an incident involving Ford happened, but instead would raise doubts that the attacker was Kavanaugh. Separately, today, the president's relative restraint about going after the accuser seemed to disappear. He tweeted, quote, I have no doubt that if the attack on Dr. Ford was as bad as she says, charges would have been immediately filed with local law enforcement authorities by either her or her loving parents. I ask that she brings those filings forward so that we can learn date, time and place. Well, this drew a sharp reaction by a member of the Judiciary Committee, a Republican member. I was appalled by the president's tweet. Uh, First of all, we know that allegations of sexual assault I'm not saying that's what happened in this case, but we know that allegations of sexual assault are one of the most unreported crimes that exist. So I thought that the president's tweet was completely inappropriate and wrong. Well, that, after a remarkable week and day, is where things stand tonight. Joining us is CNN Global Affairs Analyst and Washington Post columnist Max Boot. He's just written about this for The Post. With us as well is Carrie Severino, Chief Counsel and Policy Director of the Judicial Crisis Network, which supports Judge Kavanaugh. Uh, Carrie, as I said earlier, Whalen was reportedly working uh, with a PR firm uh, on this theory. I understand you're also represented by the same PR firm. Just for the record, have they advised you on this story at all? Have they given you any talking points or guidance on, on how to frame this? And I, I saw this the same, at the same time everyone else did. I saw it in Ed's Twitter feed and was as surprised as anyone on this. Um, but, you know, I, I think the, the key thing is here isn't what Ed Whalen tweeted. It's, it's what is going on with this story, because we've seen 
obviously these allegations coming out, published by the Washington Post and by everyone else, that frankly are very, uh, very thin facts to support them. It would be very helpful for everyone to have the opportunity to hear Dr. Ford. And right now we're in this back and forth negotiation uh, between the Senate Judiciary Committee and her and coming up on a 10 p.m. deadline to find out, is she willing to take their counteroffer, granting several of her uh, requests in order to uh, to testify before the committee. I think that would really help clear a lot of this up. Right. Uh, I just uh, I don't think you exactly answered. I just want to give you the opportunity to answer. Just for the record, w- that PR firm that Whalen was working with that, that you apparently have some connection to, have they given you any advice on talking points or, or this idea? Well, that's that's my, my PR firm. So when you guys said we're talking about Ed Whalen, I said, I haven't seen this. Does that sound like the right thing to say? Sure. I mean, that, th- this is this is the uh, the question is, is really, are we going to have this hearing? And that is this going to go forward? Not some conspiracy theory that I, I know you're interested in on this. But, I, I, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, but, I, gotta, I just I, I don't yeah. I don't understand what you said. I, I have a PR person. Um, I, I don't I know how PR works. I'm not clear. Did the PR firm give you the same talking points they get at Whalen? Is this something that was coordinated? No, they they look, you know how this works. I'm coming on your panel. They say, here are the topics you're going to talk about. I say, great. Okay, I know about this. I know about this. And and here's and here we've talked about before. Here's here's what I'm saying on this. And that's that's, so they didn't. So they didn't say, uh, you know, there's this alternate theory. Here's some of the evidence of it. No, not at all. No, no. I mean, that's okay. that's uh, you know that that's 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 Ed Whalen's theory. I, I'm, okay. I'm not. That's not that's not my game here. All right. I, um, I, I, I'm I'm more concerned about this 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 uh, the Judiciary Committee and our are are we going to get to a moment where we can actually get some closure on this or at least get to hear some more of the information? And they've they have uh, as I said exceeded to as many of her um, requests as they could. They've they've offered to delay the hearing now till Wednesday. They said um, that uh, she could have a single camera. In the room only, etc. So they a lot didn't of, agree to an investigation, though, which is probably one of her her biggest requests. They they have been in fact performing an investigation. I mean, the Senate Judiciary Committee has investigative powers as well, so they've taken testimony from Judge Kavanaugh, um, from Mark Judge, from the, an, an, another. Uh, a man who was allegedly at the party, and they've reached out to several of the people who were alleged to be at the party, trying as well as Dr. Ford, um, and that's under penalty of felony. So this is it, the Democrats ought to be participating in that. It's something that's supposed to be a bipartisan investigatory process, and and they, the Democrats instead of actually participating in the investigation, have chosen to try to pretend that somehow handing it off to the FBI is going to get a lot more accomplished. It's not. They have the opportunity. They should be taking it. Max, should should the, I mean, what what Ford wanted was the FBI. Well, of course, the FBI should be involved in this, uh, Anderson, as they were in the Clarence Thomas case and all other cases. But it's striking to me how Kerry doesn't want to talk about what Ed Whalen did. And I have to sit here and tell you, I am ashamed. I am ashamed to call myself a conservative when I have seen the kind of smear tactics, the kind of McCarthyism that Ed Whelan engaged in. This is, I have seen a lot of crazy and callous things in Washington, Anderson. This is the most crazy and callous I've ever seen. In order to get his friend, Brett Kavanaugh, confirmed onto the Supreme Court, he named another person as a sexual criminal. Who's he, a middle school teacher. An innocent person put his name out there, put his picture out there. This is despicable. This is disgusting. Why hasn't Brett Kavanaugh 
disavow this? Why hasn't he denounced this? Why don't people like Kerry disavow and denounce this? This is nauseating. This is, to me, part, and I say this as a lifelong conservative, this is part of this descent into madness of the conservative movement, which is led by a conspiracy theorist and Donald Trump, and they have adopted his win-at-all-cost ethos. They don't care what norms they break. They don't care what rules they violate. They don't care what lies they destroy. All they care about is getting political wins, like getting Brett Kavanaugh confirmed to the Supreme Court. One other point, Anderson, we need to find out if Brett Kavanaugh was involved in this because Ed Whalen is not just some random guy off the street. This is not Alex Jones. He is a pillar of the Washington legal establishment. He is a friend of Brett Kavanaugh. He is involved in trying to get Brett Kavanaugh confirmed. So Brett Kavanaugh needs to go under oath and answer questions. Did he know about this smear attack? And if he did, if he did know it, he needs to withdraw immediately. That would be disqualifying in and of itself. Kerry, is it appropriate what Whalen did, putting out the name of somebody else? Look, I, I, he, he has already apologized for that, and I absolutely agree. He should not have put the name and picture out as he did. Uh, and for the same reasons that I, I, I'm frustrated that the Democrats leaked Dr. Ford's allegation. No, you if are engaging in what about is this, 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 no, 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 I, I think This is I, disgusting I, I'm not, what you are doing. I'm not, because I'm saying he was not, also wrong. There is no comparison I, the, between this. The Democrats did not leak Dr. Ford's name. She came out herself on Sunday and, and gave some, an interview someone, at the Washington Post. Somebody leaked it, and the Democrat senator she, and the Democrat congressman and their name. staff... They did the, not leak her name. You are not telling no, the no, truth. They leaked the she story. came out on Sunday, okay? They leaked the story. Some, someone, it was only the Democrats and her that there had the story. There was, in fact, a report in the Washington Post right now that Ed Whalen knew her name before it was made public and so that's something that needs to be investigated by the house judiciary committee by the senate judiciary well, committee uh, right. I, we're, gonna, yeah. we're gonna leave it there uh, Carrie yeah. severino max boot appreciate you. it coming up Cam, uh, kamal bell and anthony Bourdain took a trip to kenya together for one of the final episodes of parts unknown kamal joins me to talk about his memories of that trip and and of course tony next hey it's howard beck and i've got former nba champion and current yes analyst Richard Jefferson on Bleacher Reports, the full 48. For me, winning the championship just validated, you know, me from a standpoint of like, all I ever wanted to do was win. All I ever wanted to do was win on a high, high level. And so to get that, then it just made everything feel like it was worth it. The full 48 is now available on Spotify. And of course, you can always listen and subscribe on the Bleacher Report app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, to say that the final episodes of Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown will be bittersweet is obviously an understatement. They begin this Sunday, starting with a trip to Kenya with Kamau Bell, host of CNN's United Shades of America. And Kamau joins me tonight. What, what was it like working with, with Tony on this? You know, it was, it was really, and I'm not saying this, I'm not overstating it, it was a dream come true. Because mm-hmm. I'd been watching him since before he was on CNN, when he was right. on the Travel Channel and Food Network, and sitting on my wife and girlfriend's couch being like, how do you do that, you know? <laughs> so when I got the job here, I felt like I was already in some sort of bonus round. And then when we met at the Emmys, he was like, do you want to do something together? So I just, it was, I felt like I won a contest. It, the thing that always struck me about it, I never got to travel with him. I used to go eat with him and he would force me to eat. Yeah, he said, really, he, we talked about that on the road. He talked about how yes. enjoying you, yes. enjoying forcing you to eat things. Um, but the thing I always took away from watching his shows is that they were real journeys. That it wasn't just like something being shot for television. Mm-hmm. You felt like it's really an immersive journey. Yeah, yeah. I, he talked a lot about what I would say is the art of making TV. Like he wasn't approaching it like we're making a TV show. He, we, he actually showed me a clip of the West Virginia show they, showed la- they aired last year. 
and about how he was working on this segment really he, he really was like trying to get the music to work and so he really approached it like this was his life's work he wasn't just the host of a show right yeah this is the first time I understood you had actually been to Africa yeah it's my first time when he said at one point where do you want to go and Kamau is a Kenyan name it's Kukuyu and Kenyans who when they meet me are like you have to go to Kenya I was like I've never been to Kenya and he was like I've never been to Kenya either. He hadn't been to Kenya? I know. I, that that was the reaction insane. I had. I was like, uh, haven't you been everywhere like nine times? Uh, yeah, you yeah. know, so he, and, and so, and, but it also had never been to Africa. So he really took care and sort of like, and also talked about how he was watching me react to what was going huh. on. Yeah. What, what did you think of, uh, of being in East Africa? I mean, for me, it was, there was sort of a, there was a t- two things happening. One was like, I've read a lot about African-Americans going to Africa and sort of expecting this sort of like, I'm home. Right. And how that hasn't worked out. So I really was very tentative about sort of acting like that. But then the more I was over there, the more Kenyans would be like, well, we know you're not from here, but welcome home, mm-hmm. you know? So, but then the other thing was just like, Nairobi is an incredible city. Yeah. I mean, it's this mix of urban and rural. And, you know, you'll be like standing at like basically like this modern coffee shop and then somebody will walk by with like a herd of goats, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And then we went on safari at this label conservancy and it just, everything shifted, you know? It was something much quieter and you're suddenly like, there's like, we went out on safari and lions are walking right around us. And so it was a lot. It's got to be, um, I mean, I know bittersweet is it's a cliche, but I mean to to see this and and with, with Tony being gone, it's it's got to be hard to watch. Yeah, I mean, it, it is hard to watch, but I, I'm so aware that it's nowhere near as hard for me as it is for people who had had him as a part of their intimate lives for a long time. Yeah. So I mean. Even someone like you, he talked about you. You know what I mean? Like, there's people, I sort of came to this late, and so I feel like I'm at the tip of this, and we were sort of beginning a friendship, but, you know, like, I see Mo Fallon, who directed the episode, and basically Tony raised on the show to be this, like, incredible producer, and he's still editing the show. So for me, I feel like this is, I have the easiest job in this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all miss him. Um, I look forward to him. I'm glad you did it. Thank you. Well, I hope you tune in for the premiere of the final season, Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown, Sunday, 9 p.m. The news continues now. I want to hand it over to Chris Cuomo. Primetime starts now. Chris. Are you ready to learn how to build a better consulting or professional services company? Then download the Liston.io show for the best sales and marketing advice so you can deliver your services to the people who need you the most. On the show, I'll be interviewing the smartest people in the industry to share what they know about building a better consulting business. I'll also give you episodes where I tell you specifically how to sell your services with confidence and how to transform into an influential leader in your industry. Your happy clients probably want to help you. It's too hard for them right now. You're asking them to do too much of the selling that you should be doing. Yeah, it's going to move. It's going to change. It's going to disrupt you at some point in time. Your most loyal clients are your most profitable. Ready to learn how other people are building the consulting company you've always wanted? Download the Liston.io show spelled L-I-S-T-O-N dot I-O wherever you get your podcasts. Before you go, we wanted to let you know that we just launched the ability for anyone to advertise on CNN Podcasts. You're just a few clicks away from reaching millions of people in a way that you never have before. Advertise for a business event or kick off an awareness campaign for your brand. Start today at purewinning.com slash CNN. Integrating podcasts into your marketing mix has never been easier. Go to purewinning.com slash CNN to get started.